and welcome, welcome on to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, where I give an unpopular opinion about sports. Uh, happy Veterans Day. I feel like it's been Veterans Day for like two weeks now, but happy Veterans Day for all the people that's, that goes to war and fights for our country. You know, y'all are much respected. I appreciate y'all. And uh, it's a good Monday, man. It's a good, a lot has happened this morning. <laughs> It, a lot has happened this morning, but we're going to rock it. So, you know, surprisingly, last week was a pretty heavy week in sports. Uh, let's start with Jimmy Butler, man. Jimmy Butler got traded. He got traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's, it's, it's weird because while I think he's going to succeed, and hold up, let me, let me adjust the camera. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping all this in there, too. That's right, a little better. All right. While I think he's going to succeed in the league, I mean, not in the league, succeed with the Sixers, it's hard for me to not think. Now, now the problem, look, the problem with Jimmy Butler and Minnesota was he didn't like the motor or the, the, the quote-unquote championship grit that Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins lacked. He thought he, they didn't really give their all in practice or give their all on the court. And he thought Cat stat chased a little bit. And he didn't, like, he didn't like their motor. And he didn't like how they did things, how they operated. I don't know how. He, now, I'm not saying that Jimmy Butler's not a great player, but he's definitely, to me, not a number one option. He would be a great, great number two option. I don't know how he'll be with players like See look the thing about the thing that's different from Minnesota and Philly is that Philly has great young players as well as Minnesota the difference is Andrew Wiggins can shoot a little better well a lot better than Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons and so can Carl Anthony. In fact, Carl Anthony Towns shoots better than Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, and Joel Embiid. Now, no, I'm not saying Carl Anthony Towns is better than Joel Embiid, but what I'm saying is Jimmy Butler has just got thrust into a situation where he is definitely going to have to be, if not number one, number two scoring option. There were nights when he could sit back and Carl Anthony Towns could do the scoring. Uh, Andrew Wiggins can do the scoring and no I'm not saying that he's not in a better situation because I think he's a better situation all around in Philly all I'm saying is I think it's, it's going to be it's, it's, it's fascinating how this is going to play out Philly now if, if everything works out Philly to me I don't know if I put them over to hmm. I put them. I'd make them the second best team in the East, and not not as currently constructed, of course, because of right now, Milwaukee's on a tear, Toronto's on a tear, uh, Boston's struggling a little bit. But when it's all said and done, as in like when the playoffs come around, I think they'll be the second. They they have the chance to be the second best team in the East behind. But you know, I thought it was going to be Boston, and I've been saying Boston for the longest. But I don't know, man. Toronto really looks really good. Now, 
we all know how Kyle Lowry does with the playoffs, how there's a significant drop in his play once the, the playoffs come around. But they look really good. And I told y'all a couple podcasts ago that Toronto is going to be a scary defensive team. And what do you have it? They're top five of defense. And Kawhi Leonard looks great. Kyle Lowry is really th- like assisting the ball a lot better than he usually does. Danny Green's been hitting. Uh, Sergi Bacchus looked like looked like an All Star this year. So it's it's crazy how the, how how it's going to go, and it's crazy how the 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 NBA as a whole is shaped up. Because right now, outside of Golden State, the East is looking ten times better than the West. Houston's struggling. Um. Okay, see, there's kind of right the ship now, but they've been struggling. The Lakers are struggling. The Portland's having their, you know, Portland, you know, see, the thing about Portland, man, Portland always does this. They always have them games where they lose that they should have won, and they lose bad, like like with the Wizards. And I'm a Wizards fan, and that's just, that's, we'll talk about it in a minute, but they lose to the Wizards, but then destroy teams like, OKC or something. So, like I said, the the how the NBA is shaped right now, the East is ten times. I'm not gonna say ten times better. The East is better than the West, and and that's out. Of course, you have to throw Golden State out because Golden State is leaps and bounds better to me than every team, especially when they get completely healthy. Because right now, Curry is kind of dealing with a, a quad injury. A groin injury, I'm sorry. Um, Draymond Green's dealing with ankle injury. So, even Sean Livingston, who I didn't realize has been injured like the whole season, he hasn't been playing, and they're still like 10 and 2 or 11 and 2. So, Golden State, Golden State to me, you know, outside of them, the East is better than the West right now. And I think that trend is going to continue. Hell, even, even Detroit is playing really well. So, I, I, I think that this move Jimmy Butler made is going to be it's going to be fascinating how he deals with players like Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons. While I think they're going to mesh all together, I think it's going to be a struggle at first due to the fact that we all seen the the how Markel Fultz has dropped from college and Ben Simmons can't shoot. Period. So. I don't know, and him along and Jimmy along with Joel Embiid is going to be great, a great pairing. So uh, it it's fascinating how this is all going to shape. It really is, and I'm I'm excited for it. I really am. Uh, d- does this make them the team to beat? I don't think so. I think Boston still has a better collection of talent. I think that while Philly has a better collection of talent than. Toronto, Toronto right now is a better team, if that makes sense. Uh, Milwaukee is 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 playing astronomical right now. I believe they're the top of the East or second in the East. They they're looking really good with Giannis is looking like a MVP front runner at this point after they beat. Because I, I was saying Curry was an MVP front runner, but after they kind of destroyed Golden State, and that's the thing about Golden State. 
When Golden State lose, they lose. They just don't lose by no one or two points. Golden State loses by like 25, 30. You saw that last year when, when they played Utah. And Utah beat them by like 36. Uh, last year, the Lakers beat them by like 25 one time. So... Golden State loses, they lose. They don't, they don't, they don't, it's, it's either they win or they lose, lose. So, I don't know how much stock you want to put in that win, but it is Golden State and Milwaukee did pretty much handle them. So, Milwaukee's looking good. Uh, I'm going to save, I'm going to save my predictions, maybe a couple more podcasts in about, you know, title favorites and MVPs and stuff like that. So I'm going to I'm going to save that. But all I'm saying is right now this Jimmy Butler move is big for not only Philly, it's big for the East in general. And and what you've seen is a lot most of the superstars and I don't I think I don't know if Jimmy's a superstar, man. Jimmy's like on the cusp. Uh, of superstardom, like he's a great, great player. He's an all-star. He's a he's a star. But I don't know if he's a superstar. But to the point, you've seen all, most of the superstars in the last few years leave the East to go to the West. Whether it's LeBron James, Paul George, uh, I guess Melo to a certain extent. But and 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 we're gonna talk about Melo a little later. But like I said, it, it's it's. You've seen Jimmy Butler when he went to Minnesota. So you've seen players or superstars going from the east to the west, which is a, a which has pretty much caused a seismic shift the last few years from the east to the west. But now uh, this Jimmy Butler move, and now you've seen players like Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Giannis. They're they're starting to. They're starting to really, really do, you know. They're starting to really put the East back on the map. So, it's it's, it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy. This this move is crazy, but in a good way. I say crazy a lot, but it, it's it's good in a good way because it has such a ripple effect, and, and it also affects next year's free agency. We don't. Clay's already set, uh, hinted that he wants to stay with Golden State. Kyrie has already hinted that he wants to stay with Boston. Jimmy Butler more than likely will re-sign with, um, re-sign with Philly. So with that, now if you look at the free agents, you have KD, you have Gian- not Giannis, we have uh, Kawhi Leonard. Those are pretty much the only big big names that we have left. Oh, and Anthony Davis, if he doesn't, if he tells, well, he's not even a free agent, but if he tells them he's not going to resign, they're going to try to trade him. So that that move is really shaped not only this year and years to come, it's shaped the offseason and all the moves that could be made. So it's a big move, man. Jimmy Butler's on, Jimmy Butler's on 76er. And, and now the East got a lot more competitive not saying that it wasn't but it got a lot more competitive and i guess that brings me to my next topic which are the early surprises man houston has been terrible defensively i don't know if it was their defensive coach that left and came back due to family injury i mean family family issues uh 
I didn't think Trevor Lee, losing Trevor Reza and Mbaa Mute was going to cause this. Like, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And not only that, their defense is now affecting their offense. Their offense is now, yeah, they, they did beat Pacers by like 20 uh, last night or the other night, but they have been struggling. You know, uh, James Harden's kind of dealt with injury. He came back. He had a good game the other night, but he's been struggling. Chris Paul has looked looked terrible without without James Harden. Of course, you have the whole suspension situation. So they've looked bad, and I don't. I, don't, I think this is signs to. I think their window has closed. Their window was last year. Now, do I think they can still make it to the Western Conference Finals? Yes, I do. But do I think they have any shot of beating Golden State? No. Not at a 100% healthy Golden State. Even if Houston is 100% healthy, I do not think at 100% healthy you can beat. They are beating Golden State four times in a seven-game series. I don't see it happening. I don't see them. I see them. They can they can slow down Curry. They can slow down Durant. They can slow down Clay. But I don't see them slowing down DeMarcus Cousins. Or they can slow down Cousins. They can slow down Curry. I don't see them slowing down K. In fact, I definitely don't see them slowing down KD. Because who are they gonna who who are they gonna have to guard KD? James Ennis, who's been getting torched by anybody they played. It's. Houston's window's closed, man. Houston window is closed. And another surprise is is Zach Levine, man. Zach Levine has been hooping. I think he's like, I believe he's top five in scoring in the league right now at like 30-something 30, 30 a game. Like, he's he's been hooping, man. Now, no, they haven't really, that hasn't projected or that hasn't really turned into wins. But they've been hooping. He has been hooping, and I don't know what has gotten into him, but he's looking like an all-star. He, if he keeps this up, and I, I think he will keep it up, Zach Levine is looking like a first-time all-star this year, hands down. So, yeah, man, it's 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 been crazy. The league has been really good, man. It's it's I know it's early, but we've had a couple fifty-point games. I talked about last podcast. Derrick Rose actually still been looking good. He had about 31 the other night against Braun, the Lakers. You have Zach Levine. He's been doing great. Houston's been struggling. Celtics has been struggling. Celtics lost the other night to to Portland. They, they're struggling with the whole – they have a lot of A players. They don't really have – I don't know who's going to really turn themselves into B players, but they have a lot of A players. Um, and, and you've seen that dynamic is kind of has kind of – struggled a little bit you see the bucks of dominating they beat golden state by like 30 points toronto's been dominating the wizards have been garbage look now you know now we're here we're here i don't going into the season i thought one of the surprise teams, not saying surprise to, to to win it all or even make it to the finals, but a surprise team would be the Washington Wizards. I thought they can creep into top four, top three status in the league. I mean, not league, in the Eastern Conference. You have John Wall, who's an all-star. Bradley Beal is an all-star. They just got Dwight Howard, who 
is looking for a resurgence year. Wish they get me every time with that. <laughs> Yo, Dwight Howard's looking to change his. And I'm not saying that the Wizards' problems are Dwight Howard's fault, but he hasn't really done much to right the ship. Now, of course, he's only been here for about three, three, four games now, so he's still plenty of time. But what I've seen, man, it's it's been ugly, bro. But you have Dwight. Uh, the bench sort of got retold with Jeff Green and Austin Rivers, who, while they're not good starters, they are really good bench players. And, you know, with LeBron leaving, I thought the East was up for grabs as far as the top four positions. But Washington now sits at about three and nine. And it really has me, th it really had me thinking what makes a, what makes, a franchise player you know like what makes what makes you believe in a franchise as in what makes the franchise believe in you as a player as in John Wall has one of the most heavy contracts I've ever seen I think next and it hasn't even started yet. it starts next year we'll be paying he'll be getting paid like 36 plus million a year for the next five years and I was I was thinking man John Wall we need John Wall and, and I still think we do need John Wall but I don't know if John Wall can be a franchise player as in John Wall might be a brilliant number two but can he be a number one we know Bradley can't be a number one because we saw that when John Wall was out, most uh, a lot of the season uh, towards the end of the season last year, where they they started great and then they just plummeted because teams started to realize Bradley Bill doesn't really can't really carry a team. So I, it's it's it really gets me questioning. I don't think John Wall is a franchise player. And it's hard for me to say that because I thought he was. But I don't think John Wall is a franchise player. We need to move from Otto Porter. The problem is he has one of the most untradeable contracts as well as John Wall. So the only trade asset that we could have is Bradley Beal. And the report just came out saying that... The Timberwolves asked for Bradley Bill, but we didn't want to move on him. John Wall and Bradley, John Wall and and Jimmy Butler, I take that ten times out of ten over John Wall and Bradley Bill. The fuck? Look, I'm not saying Bradley Bill is a, not a not a not a great player. I'm not saying Bradley Bill is not an All Star. I'm not saying Bradley Bill wouldn't change a franchise if there was certain pieces aligned. What I'm saying is. I'm taking I'm taking Jimmy Butler over Bradley Bill any day of the week. So, and that just that just shows that some teams are smarter than others. Now, the only thing that I could I could I guess see where Washington was a little hesitant on is can they re-sign Jimmy Butler? If they didn't think they could re-sign Jimmy Butler, I understand. But then on, the, on top of that. In the trades, you probably get a couple picks or two. You have the pieces, or if Jimmy Butler leaves, 
you can still start the rebuild process because it already looks like that's where they're going for. They're already going for a rebuild. So you can start the rebuild now. So I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand what you're doing at all. It, it just it's baffling to me because some teams get in, some teams don't. Some teams take a flyer and take a risk like Golden State getting DeMarcus Cousins or hell, Timberwolves is taking Jimmy Butler. And some teams just play it safe. And sometimes playing it safe gets get your ass killed. Like Washington Wizards. Like the Knicks. The Knicks ain't going nowhere right now. Now, yes, they have a bright future with Porzingis, who's injured right now. But they're banking on they can sign two max players next year. But what if two max players don't want to go with them next year? They're stuck with a Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. Does, do you, would you trust that tandem? Not at all. Not at all. So, I, I don't know, man. It's... It's weird, man. It's weird because, and I say weird because there's that that move right there shows you that there's teams ready to just say, "Hey, we're gonna when 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 OKC agreed to sign Paul George or agreed to trade for Paul George, they didn't know if he was gonna stay or not because Paul George already said he wanted to go to um LA. So they banked on themselves. Why Washington wouldn't bank on themselves shows why they're also three and nine. They are one of the worst defensive teams. They're one of the worst offensive teams. You can just see in their body language from the first quarter, players are just slumped. Players just don't feel like playing. Players are are getting beat off dribbles easily. Play, John Wall looks out of shape. Uh, while he's still fast and he's still in the NBA, he looks bigger than he's ever looked. Uh, Bradley Bill is not hitting shots. Otto Porter's not hitting shots. Dwight Howard's not catching rebounds. There's just there's so much wrong with this team. You'd think that a team asking to trade one of the best shooting guards in the league, one of the best defensive and offense two-way players in the league, you'd think, you're like, ah, we might have to bite the bullet on Brad, but we're already trying to trade him anyways. So what the... Look, man. Washington got a lot of problems, but... I guess shouts out to Philly for taking that chance. Philly took the chance on him, and and hey, it hey. Now 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 they got Jimmy, and now Washington sits at three and nine. And do you realize almost every game they've played in, even the ones that they've won, they've been down. I think there there was a stat that came out last night. Washington's biggest lead the whole year was ten is ten points. Which means they've only been up on a certain player for, like, with, like, they've only been up on a team by 10 points this whole year, and that's the most. I've seen the Bulls be up with more, be up by more than Wizards have been. And the Bulls are trash. Outside of Zach Levine and Wendell Carter, Jabari Parker thing's not working, so they've just been terrible. They've been up more than 10 by, with, like, and and, and 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 one last thing on the Wizards. I thought this would be the perfect time to switch their season around. You got, you know, they played 
Orlando. Then they have Orlando again. They also have Cleveland, who's one in eleven. They have, they have very winnable. The Knicks are coming back. They have very winnable games. Yet they keep losing. Yes, they won the other night, but they keep losing. And I did. I of course, being a Wizards fan, I didn't want to be say. I didn't want to rush to say blow it up, but blow it up. I would respect a rebuild more than I would expect or respect them trotting out talking about we're trying to win now and then we're seeing what we see. Like, ain't no way in heaven or hell you're trying to win now and you haven't seen the need for change in a, like for the t- like. Come on, man. You had you had Jimmy Butler. Jay, all they said, I think, all they wanted was Bradley Bill and maybe a pick. Now. I can say they're so bad that pick might be good, but still, outside of the top five, maybe six, who are you getting? Zion's gonna be gone. R.J. Barrett's gonna be gone. Cam Reddish gonna be gone. Nasir Little's gonna be gone. Bold Bowl's gonna be gone. So who are you getting? So uh, the Wizards, man, the Wizards. Ah, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> Oh my gosh, man! They're so frustrating, bro. God, it's frustrating being a Wizards fan sometimes. Let me, let me, let me move on. Oh, oh, another topic I don't want to talk about, but I'll talk about it because it's Duke. But y'all seen Zion? Zion has looked. Look, Zion looks like a freaking man child, man. The man just had what twenty seven the other night. They do you realize when they beat Kansas? Oh Kentucky, I'm sorry. Those were the top two. They were they were the underdogs in that game. <laughs> they beat the they beat the dog piss out of out of Kentucky, man. They made Kentucky look like Elon, man. <laughs> like it was terrible. And then the funny thing is, and this is where I this is where I kind of slow down the brakes. Zion looks great. Zion looks like he's going to be a great player. Zion looks like he's going to be a a phenom in college basketball. The only thing I'm going to say is that he's doing this against college basketball players. Do I think he can do it against the NBA? Maybe, yeah. I mean, there is a stat that came out saying that if he was drafted today, he would be the second biggest player in the league next to Boban, who's like 7'3". Because he's like 285, 6'7", 285. That man's a truck. The thing is, though, can will he be able to do that against grown men? And will he be able to guard one-on-one against grown men? Like, will he be able to guard KD? Will he be able to guard LeBron James? Will he be able to guard, hell, even lesser players that are, that are still great? Will he be able to guard someone like Paul George? Will he be able to guard someone like Kawhi Leonard? I it, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see because I think, and, and it's very unfortunate because I am a diehard North Carolina fan. I hate everything Duke. But from what I've seen in these first two games, or first two or three games, yeah, it's a wrap. I don't see anybody when they're all hot. I don't see how anybody's going to be able to beat North uh, Duke. 
I think North Carolina might have a shot, and that's that's a little bit of fandom. But we do have a team. We have Nasir Little, who's looked who's looked great. We've had Luke May, who's returning. We have our whole front court is pretty much returning, uh, as well as our back court, except for of course Nasir and I forgot the other the other uh, freshman with the crazy hair. But North Carolina has a has a team. You have Kansas, who looked great. Even though they let Michigan State come back within like three points, and they were they were blasting Michigan State, so we're gonna see how that plays out. Nevada looks good. Gonzaga's been dogging people, even though they really haven't played many people. But you know, I, it's gonna be crazy, and it's it's it's, it's interesting to see how this season's gonna play out. But. I also don't think when they're all playing at their best, like they played against Kentucky, if you get them out in the break, ain't nobody. I don't think anybody's going to be able to beat Duke. And, and and that also attests to the fact that they have three top five players like that's going in the draft. If they all came out and said, all right, we're going to the draft now, you have three top five. If you include Trey Jones these, uh, they're all going in the top fifteen at least. Trey Jones is a top fifteen player in the league in, in in college basketball. Zion could go number one. I think R.J. Barrett is better than Zion when it comes to all physical attributes and everything. I think R.J. Barrett is better than Zion. Uh, Cam Reddish is great. That boy has a cannon on as an arm. Trey Jones is shifty. It's just I don't see anybody beating Duke, and I hate Duke with a passion. I I don't care if that sounds. I don't care how biased it is. I don't like Duke. I mean, I'm gonna be fair and cover them the way. They, I mean, I'm gonna cover them and everything if, if something big happens. But Zion, man, it's, Zion looks great. R.J. Barrett looks damn near unstoppable on the break, and you know he's a lefty as well as Zion. So it, it's. Duke is Duke is powerful, bro. Duke is a powerful team, and and we'll see how that goes, man. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It, college basketball is going to be fascinating this year, due to the fact that there's a lot of teams that are good. But I don't know if there's a lot of teams that are great. And right now, with those three put four players, Duke looks like a great great team. So. I don't know, man. Again, you're tuned to the Unpopular Podcast, where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. Uh, let's 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 switch over to the NFL, man. And and I never thought I would see the day where I felt horrible for Brett Des Bryant. So Des Bryant gets signed. Well, Des Bryant gets released by Des Bryant gets released by the Cowboys. Then. Pretty much holds out till he gets signed by the not holds out because nobody really wanted him. Till he gets signed by the Saints, and the next day, the next, the very next day, he tears his Achilles and he's out for the season. So. That's crazy how that all turned, like how that all came about, man. I thought Des Bryant, 
I, now, do I think Des Bryant could be a number one again? No, he's not really even a good number two if you ask me. But he 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 will be a solid third option. You have Michael Thomas, you have Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and him. Like that is a squad. With Drew Brees throwing you the ball, so it's not like you really have to create super separation like that because Drew Brees is going to get you the ball. I thought that was that, man. That squad looked 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 wild. But it's just, it's crazy. It's just crazy and unfortunate how things turn out. You know what I mean? I, I, I wish the best for him. I hope that this isn't, this seems current ending now. But I hope it isn't because who's going to want, not only was Death sitting out, but the 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 day he gets signed, the, I mean, the very next day he gets signed, he tears ACL. That is just horrible, horrible timing and horrible luck, if you ask me. So, I, ah, oh man, that 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 does suck. That sucks, and I just I just hope the best for him, man. I really do, because like again, football is how you make money, bro. And if Des Bryant can still play, I think he should get a shot. And I don't know if he will get a shot. So, I don't know. Um, speaking of sit-out, Le'Veon Bell probably won't report to, you know, probably. They're saying he won't report to the team this week, which if he doesn't report to the team this week, that's pretty much forfeiting. It's pretty much forfeiting the season, which means he's probably not coming back. And I'm always a full one. I'm always for a player getting his money, and I'm always for a player try, uh, doing the best thing best they can to get their money. And if even that is sacrifice some money to get more money, I get that. So I understand if you if you're a number one back, you don't want to keep getting franchise tag. Where, where if you look at a case like Earl Thomas, you're a great player, you get franchise tagged, then you get injured. Now the team can just drop you. Not saying they will drop him, but they can just drop you and they don't have to owe you anything. So I understand with a player wanting security and wanting, wanting, don't want to be franchise tagged. I get that. But it's looked it's this situation with Le'Veon Bell has turned horrible for for him. I think this has now cost him more money than he actually thinks. I don't know who's gonna wanna sign Le'Veon to a max contract. I don't know who, because if you look, James Conner is looking great and there's a lot of young running backs that look great. So, as a franchise, why would I pay somebody who's already has a track record of getting suspended due to substance abuse? He has a track record of bailing on the team when he's not satisfied, which is understandable a little bit. But why would I want to pay somebody? Why would I want to pay somebody all that money when I can get somebody with the same, if not just a little bit less production for a lot less more? Like, why would I pay for Le'Veon Bell when I can pay just a little bit less for Jordan Howard? Or why would I pay max contract to a Le'Veon Bell when I can pay a little bit less but get even more, if not the same production, from a James Conner? 
Hell, even Dalvin Cook is gonna. He got injured again, but he's gonna. He's gonna be worth something. So I think this this situation has turned sour for Le'Veon. To be completely honest, and it it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because I think now he has cost himself more money than he anticipated. Not only is he probably going to cost himself this year's check or this year's salary. I don't know if he's going to get that max that he wants. Now, yes, teams like the Jets or Indianapolis Colts still need a running back. But do you, do you think they'll pay him all the, the max that, he, that he's expecting? When they can get someone like, uh, like I said, Jordan Howard, like a James Conner, like a, I don't know, um, Leonard Fournette or something like that for less money? but still get the same production that they would get for Le'Veon Bell. Now, I'm not saying Le'Veon Bell is as, I mean, not as good as these players because, of course, at his best, he's better than those players. But he hasn't played for a year. There's no telling what the hell he's been doing. He could have been working on, could not be, I don't know. But teams really don't know either. Of course, they're going to bring him in for workouts and everything, but, like, anybody can shine in a workout. Unless you're Melo, uh, LeAngelo Ball. But that's neither here nor there. So what I'm saying is that I don't know. I, I do not know if he's going to really warrant all the money that he thinks he's, he, he, he's going to warrant. And that this, this move might have cost him. Um, I don't know. Uh, do I want to talk about Bryce Harper? A report has come out that... The Nets offered him a 10-year, $300 million contract. I understand why he turned it down because he knows that he's going to warrant more than $300 million, which is, which is insane. Uh, Yank, there, there's reports coming out saying Yankees might try to trade Giancarlo Staten to make room for Bryce Harper, who's better than Giancarlo's, but I guess that didn't work after a year. After a year. Um, yeah, man. I mean... I've seen, I told you guys, and I've seen the writing on the wall, the Nats are not about to keep, unless they want to fork over $400 million, they're not about to keep Bryce Harper. So, I, I think he might go to the Phillies, might go to the Yankees. I have no idea, but, hell, even the Astros, Astros tried to trade for him, but that fell through, so, I don't know. Uh, I guess with that being said, man, Let's go to the unpopular opinion of the day. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> Let's go to the unpopular topic of the day. Welcome to the unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. When we think of legacy, right? There's some players where we think about the totality of their entire career. We think about the ups and downs. We think about what could have been. There's some players that we, we just look at their highlights and be like, yeah, that was them. If you look at legacies, 
like 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 let's think of let's think of a couple players. Let's think of Vince Carter. Known for being one of the greatest dunkers of all time. Known for being one of the, the, the longest staying players ever. I think he's been in the league for like 17, 18 years now. Vince Carter will go down as one of the best players ever. Not saying like top 10, top 10. I'm not saying none of that. What I'm saying is Vince Carter will has, has a great legacy. You look at T-Mac. T-Mac's going to go down as a what if. Uh, he, had, he dealt with a lot of injuries, but he was great. Some of the teams he was on, like the Rockets, uh, injury plug with Yao and you know, Shane Battier. Like, the, you know, Tracy McGrady is gonna has a good legacy because it's a what if. And we all know how great Tracy McGrady was. It's just he dealt with a lot of injuries. You look at a player like Brandon Roy, a what if. He was a great player. He, again, if it wasn't for injury, he could have done something. I don't know how far he could have went in doing something, but he could have done something. So, certain players hold different types of legacies. The, the, the word, the primitive word is legacy. What are you leaving or what? How will people view you when it's all said and done? Not like in death or anything, but when your career is all said and done. How will people view your career? How will people view you as a player? Hell, it's even. It's not. And it's not just basketball. You look at NFL. Look at Calvin Johnson, who never made it to the Super Bowl. Who very rarely. I think he only made it once or twice in the playoffs, but yet Calvin Johnson is one of the greatest wide receivers we've ever seen. Larry Fitzgerald, one of the greatest wide receivers we've ever seen. However, he's never played with that team, so his legacy is pretty much cemented as one. Of the, in fact, he just he just became second all time in wide receiver and uh, wide receiver yards and receiving yards. Larry Fitzgerald's his legacy is set. So, what I'm saying is, some players, most players, all players, leave a legacy. This depends on whether it's good or whether it's bad. So, there was a report that came out saying that many of the players and coaches believe that Melo has played his last game in Houston. It just hasn't been working for Houston. He's not liking his role coming off the bench. He's been struggling offensively with Houston, even with, uh, I mean, he had a couple of 24, 25-point games, but that has come with James Harden out the lineup. He just hasn't worked. And now for the last two games, he's sat out with illness, but it's just it's, it's, it's a real coincidence how he's he's sitting out with an illness and then these two reports come out or that's one report one report also saying that management has come to Melo saying that your time here is pretty much coming to an end soon when we talk about legacies you look at players that are gifted beyond belief in some cases yet their t 
talent doesn't warrant their success. As in, I'm sorry, their talent doesn't match their success. Coming out of college, coming out of Syracuse after winning the national championship and coming in 2003 with LeBron and D. Wade and Chris Bosh, you couldn't tell me that at this point, Melo was going to be the only one out of that four to not win a championship. Now, yes, he was dealt a bad hand when he got drafted, when uh, Detroit passed on him to get Darko Milicic, and he went to the Nuggets. He also sort of got a a bad hand, I guess, when he went to New York and Andre, I mean, Amari Stoudemire started dealing with chronic injuries. But let's also look at some other things Melo has done. Melo forced his way out of the Nuggets, uh, forced his way to New York from the Nuggets, which all he had to do was wait to the end of the season where he could have been a free agent and they could have got him easily. But instead, he just couldn't take Denver anymore. So they pretty much, as in the Nuggets, I mean, as in the Knicks, were forced to trade away their whole talent. Well, they weren't forced. They were stupid enough to trade away their pretty much whole team for Melo. So when Melo goes to the team with Amari Stoudemire and people like Jason Kidd, who was on his last leg, that didn't the, the team didn't really flourish. They went to the playoffs, got swept by LeBron. It just didn't work. Then you look a little further. Melo had an opportunity to go play with prime D-Rose. And while he wasn't in his prime, he was pretty much on the slight decline at his prime, Pau Gasol. He also had Taj Gibson, Jimmy Butler. He could have played for the Bulls, which, if you ask me, that would have gave him his best shot to, especially at the time, to play for a championship. Now, yes, I understand that the league is different now than it was. Players weren't really doing what KD did, as in to go to Golden State to get a ring, or what DeMarcus Cousins did. But players were playing, like, he said no to that move because he he wanted the money. The Knicks were able to offer him more money, and he took the money. And while I'm not, I'm not fretting, look, I'm not, I'm not bagging on anybody taking the money. Hey, man, go get your money, bruh. If you want your money, go get your money. I'm not saying, I'm hell. You only live once, and and the money that you're getting, you might not get anywhere else. So I understand that. But then, don't come out and say, and I'm not, I'm not talking about him. But I'm just talking about fans. As in, Mello was a uh, was all he cared about was winning. But I'm gonna continue. He could have played with Prime D Rose and Pal Gasol. And Taj Gibson and Jimmy Butler, but he said no. He took the money and played for, and stayed with New York. The Bulls then make it to the Western Eastern Conference Finals where they lose to LeBron, but they made it. Oh, and the Bulls also lost due to the fact that they didn't have enough scoring. Mellows will go down as one of the greatest scorers 
in NBA history, so that you know that could have helped. But I continue. There were then reports saying that Melo had an opportunity to go join the big three, as in LeBron James, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh. He would have to take a considerable pay cut, but he was willing to do that. As in, he would have to take a pay cut, LeBron would have to take a pay cut, D-Way would have to take a pay cut, and Chris Bosh took a pay cut. While LeBron wasn't about to take no pay cut, because LeBron James was taking pay cuts his whole freaking career, D-Wade was on on board for taking a pay cut, as well as Chris Bosh. It just had to be Melo. Melo was trying to, was the one that had to take, you know, a pay cut, and boom. Ain't, ain't no way LeBron James, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and Melo wouldn't win a championship. If you take Melo out, they won too. So you put Melo on, there's no telling. But Melo says no. I'm keeping the money. And I'm staying in New York. Then things get so bad for Melo in New York that they just they, they have to trade him. Houston was ready to get was ready to pull the trigger a few years before that. Where it would have been Chris well they're they're ready to pull the trigger when they got Chris Paul. So it would have been Chris Paul, Mello, and James Harden. Once they got Chris Paul, their focus then turned to Mello. And at that point, Mello of course had a no trades clause and they he would have to have waived it, but they could have done it. He could have done it. He said, no, I'm going to stay with New York. Take the money. Now, if you look at Mello, and you look at the last, if you look at OKC Mello, which didn't work, now you're looking at Phoenix Mello, not Phoenix, Houston Mello, which is now, again, reports are coming out saying that his time there is coming to an end. Mello... Will will go down as one of the most disappointing players in all of in in, in league history. Melo's greatest accomplishments was winning a national championship for Syracuse as a freshman, and then winning three Olympic gold medalists, three Olympic gold medals for Team USA. And every single time he had a chance to play for a championship, he said, nah, fam, I'm good. I'm going to play for the money. Now, no, I'm not fretting. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not fretting his decisions. I'm not saying he made the right decisions. I'm not saying he made the wrong decisions. What I'm saying is he made those decisions. And with those decisions comes the price. You pay. You wanted the money, you got the money. Now, you can't get mad when people are saying that, oh, all he cared about is the money. He's not a real champion. This, that, and the third. You you can't say that. You you, you just can't. So, Melo... So, Melo's legacy will go down. Again, as one of the most disappointing... 
careers for a great superstar ever. There are people that have been arguing, is he a superstar or not? His whole career, due to the fact that he's great, but he's never been able to take a team over the top. Yes, the Nuggets that one year made it to the Eastern Western Conference Finals to go against the Lakers, but there were a lot of costly decisions by him and his, and his teammates that lost in the series. And you, we talk about farewell tours. You know, you got D-Ways doing a farewell tour right now. Uh, I guess Paul Pierce tried to do something like that. Of course, Kobe is a famous one. Michael Jordan is a famous one. Melo is going to go down as a player that should have given it up but kept going. Like, like Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, I've told this several times. I've told people in the podcast. I've told people outside the podcast. Allen Iverson is the reason, is my favorite basketball player of all time. He's the reason why I started watching basketball. I started playing basketball. And basketball is today my favorite sport of all time. Because of Allen Iverson. But Allen Iverson stayed a lot longer than he was supposed to, man. The Nuggets, the, the Pistons, the Grizzlies, even a quick stint back with the Philadelphia 76ers. He should have gave it up, man. He should have gave it up a long, maybe after the Nuggets, he should have gave it up. But he, he thought, he tried, to, he tried to extend it, and now his legacy is a little bit tainted because of that. And, and this is what we're seeing with Melo. While Melo doesn't have the greatest legacy, it's, it's, it's getting a lot worse with, with reports like this, man. I don't, it sucks to see it, but, and it sucks to say it because Melo is such a great player. But Melo will go down, in my opinion, as one of the most disappointing careers a superstar has ever had. Ever. Chris Paul will be in that too if, you know, if something doesn't change drastically in the next few years. Chris Paul will be in that too. The difference, however, between Chris Paul and Melo is Chris Paul took that shot to try to get a ring when they trade or he got traded to the uh, Lakers with Kobe. But David Stern shot that down. Chris Paul could have taken, could have took more money to stay with the Clippers, but he said, no, I want to try to get this ring, and he went to go play with James Harden and the Rockets. So Chris Paul, not only has he dealt with injuries all the time or a lot, Chris Paul has tried to get to the promised land, as in a championship. Melo ain't really tried, if you ask me. Melo's tried to get and accumulate as much money as possible in his career. And it's it's that's 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 how he's gonna go down. And if that's how he wants to go down, then hey man, I'm not saying that again, I'm not saying he made the right decision, I'm not saying he made the wrong decision. Hey man, go get your money, bruh. Go get your money. But then on the flip side, don't, and I'm not saying he said that, but for people that's trying to defend Melo, don't say all he cared about was winning or all he cared about was winning because that's definitely not the case. And then don't complain, oh, they never put a team around him or he never played for a championship squad. He had a chance, several chances. But not only did 
his, con- his you know his money getting in the way of him going to another team. He was making so much money for the Knicks that it was very hard to get top marquee free agents to go and want to play with him. So, yeah, man, Melo, the curious case of Carmelo, man, to me will go down as one of the most disappointing careers a superstar will ever have. And that's about it, man. That's this episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening, watching, tweeting, Instagramming. Just just thanks for whoever supports the podcast. I want to thank you. Uh, I'll you know it's it. It's crazy. We're we're really about to see how this. We're about to see how people really feel about Melo once this thing is situated and cleared with his Rockets, but. It's, it's really looking like the end for Melo. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, funny or facetious, but it's looking like the, it, it might be it for, for Melo, man. Because think about it. Who's going to want him after this? Or who's going to want him when he's already said he's not going to come off the bench? Even when he said, okay, I, I'll come off the bench. He struggled. He can't really shoot threes. All he really does great is shoot mid-range, and this isn't a mid-range league anymore. So... I don't know how it's going to go, man. But, 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 again, we will see. We will see. Again, I want to thank you guys for listening to the Unpopular Podcast. This is your boy, Jalen, where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. And until next time, much love. Top of the dome with it, all rolling lyrics. Dang, roasting a million liquid, don't form an opinion. I'm sort of a genius, nothing sort of a legend. Sort of Tommy Lasorda, the way I'm sorting these pictures. Pictures, whatever, fucking my speeches off. We can trip into wherever, only heaven is far. Metaphors in every color, these indelible bars. Jordan 4, see the floor side, sitting with Mars. Only fears, mediocrities. So every time I got a beat, I feel like I don't gotta sleep. Keep praying on your break, I hope you got a sling Shot for all them shots coming out them beats I'm sorta like Socrates in a prodigy You can't kick it, your pockets thinner than Socrates People fucking with me, they ain't fucking with you